0: Yeah, hello,
1: yeah hi John How are you? I'm doing great. so this is basically my new system called the tape call. Uh, I don't know what number you sh- is showing up on your phone, but this look on my phone it says three one three one five two eight zero nine one zero three. It's the tape a call number that from my phone dialing out to the you know, uh, receiver. Are you seeing my number as 631 or you are seeing 6315? Yes. You are seeing 631, right? Uh, Yes. Okay. So which means that um, when someone received my call, they still think that it's from, you know, without taping it, I guess, right? Now, Washington state has the two party con- consent law which means if I don't tell the other party that hey you know our conversation is being taped I'm against the law here that's why I'm double checking with you to see whether you know you whether you receive my call and immediately know that this is going to be a taped call
0: I I don't have any idea that you are taping the call. It doesn't, it doesn't show that. I, I just have your number in my phone book, and it says, it says DRL, and I just, I just dial it. Uh, but I, I don't get a notice of, of you taping, taping it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care. You have my permission. You have my permission to tape it. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, In the future, I would basically tell everybody, that, Listen, you know I'm doing the tape, before, so the conversation will be taped. Um, anyway, so t- the reason I want to start this um, call by tape it, and we also can play it, you know, to everybody who wants to hear your story. But primarily, I want to tape this story uh, so that I can transmit it directly to the headquarter office uh, in New York. So that they will hear your story directly and then I will be able to work with anybody who are interested in you know uh, writing stories or interviewing you you know about this. I think it's a very important story and you told me uh, back in the year of 2017 when I first met you but uh, um, I've been in New York and I was really all you know uh, every day uh, engaged with the New York activities never really had the space and time to really focus upon such an important, you know, uh, project. So uh, in every regard, today is my day one. Uh, In Seattle, uh, doing the, uh, you know, office work, uh, like with a regular schedule. So I started 9 o'clock this morning. And now uh, after the lunch break, I'm doing, uh, you know, this project with you. So this is serious. Uh, I would like to invite you to, um, you know, tell – uh the english Epoch times uh reporters you know you have a great story, a very important story, and that needs to be heard, read by people you know in Seattle particularly and of course I think um the in the contents is much bigger than just for Seattle
0: but uh I well you know you know the um you know the major you know, like 60 Minutes and those kind of shows, major, major heavyweight shows, almost, almost every month, and especially in the last six months, uh, almost every month that they, they show a discovery of mainly an African-American cemetery that's been destroyed or buried or hidden that's recently discovered. Uh, but when they when they discover these graveyards, uh, at least the stones haven't been bulldozed. They know where the stones are, right? But, and there's lots of these stories all the time. They have major, major news stories uh, about people finding graveyards. Well, this is more important than that. This is a, a city of Seattle... Progressive, you know, worried about its history and its image and etc. They save a lot of, uh, you know, maybe stupid things like a, a Roxy Cafe and the hoop boot and the hat and the steam plant. They spend a lot of money saving history in Seattle, but yet they're sp- they spend a lot, lot, lot of money to keep this history the earliest history, buried. I mean, this is the first people off of the boat. Very first. Right? So, and it's a Native American. Do you know that uh, in 1910 they made a law that no Duwamish Indian can spend the night in Seattle and then they got all the all the houses and, and longhouses. I think there were maybe ten longhouses and people's and uh, native, Duwamish natives' houses, and they burned all of them.
1: I'm yeah, and And keep on going. Yeah, I think. Oh, okay, very I'm
0: just saying that we have a, uh, you know. It, that's one angle that they want to keep it buried because it has Native Americans. The other angle is when they when they put the sewer main through, they put through a person's grave. And number three is they can easily deny they bulldozed it, but yet the records reflect that they bulldozed it. They can deny there's a graveyard, even though those pictures of, of documents show historical cemetery on the on the engineering plots, right? Uh-huh. And they can, when I was in the research library, this is this is the most important thing, but it's hard to describe. You've seen you've seen a picture of the map of the graveyard, right? yes okay and it's it's rectangle correct okay so i went to the research 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 level of the of the library and i said well do you have anything on the comet lodge cemetery and they virtually had they virtually had really nothing nothing on the comet lodge cemetery Except for two pieces of paper, now, if you could visualize that that plot map of the cemetery, visualize a line right down through the middle, cut, and the map was thrown away, but the writing stayed, and then they cut that in half, so there were two pieces of paper with all the dedication and all the engineering and then you know cuz i read everything and it said engineering uh, an engineer signed this and i looked on the left of this of these two pieces of paper and there were little hatch marks and i'm going wait a minute so i went down to king county and for 3 dollars i got a copy of of uh, 16 and book number 9, you know, they just printed it up for me, a nice uh, poster of the cemetery. And I'm going, wait a minute, why, you know, hold on. And that's what really drove me crazy. Why would they eliminate the fact that this dedication and registration of a cemetery, Perpetual, would... Try to hide the fact that it's a cemetery, you know I mean the whole thing is crazy, and then in 1986, they officially changed the zoning they changed the zone from historical cemetery to retail space and single family homes and that's that that TV map that you know that I 'm pointing to in the TV story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I
1: want to I want to just very quickly say something here. Number one, all those facts about the Comic Lodge cemetery and the uh, you know, very fact that it was a historic site and then the city pretty much um, you know, now uh turning it into a totally different, you know, presentation to the people and most people would never know the truth about that place without you know, what uh, you just have, you know, uh, talked about, and you have spent a lot of time, did very careful
0: research about it. So those are- well, they denied, are they, they flat, flatly denied to the That's people living in the house that they're in the cemetery, flatly denied. They now, still deny it.
1: Mm-hmm, those information, from the information you have sent me through the emails when I looked into it, I think currently, at this point, Uh, you know, uh, Seattle people starting to know that, oh, this place used to be a cemetery because now because of your, you know, making a stand so strongly, the city basically pretend that, you know, this is going to be honored as a cemetery. And then they also spend uh, money to sort of do those, uh, you know, uh, uh, work uh, to try to make it like presentable. But what I really, really want to encourage you to kind of say is that what you have gone through in terms of, you know, before this call, you were telling me about when you tried to tell the city you know, this is a cemetery, you need to respect that, and then the city, um, how, how they interacted with you, and then eventually you know, you uh, were given uh, certain rights to do certain things, and then eventually how that all turned into totally disastrous, and then how the legal system could not safeguard your fundamental rights and leading to a huge amount of suffering and then huge trouble until today that nothing is being rectified and the problem continue, and also the truth is covered. I think that part of the story, I feel that it's because the Epoch Times is for tradition and the truth. Now the subject you are touching upon uh, and also want people to uh, pay attention to is exactly that two words called the tradition and the truth. Now, English epoch time is very well known for um, you know the um, newspaper to make a stand for the truth, uh, especially in communist China when the CCP government persecuted Falun Gong practitioners and the Falun Gong practitioners for many years because the CCP controls all the overseas Chinese media. So even in America, when the persecuted Falun Gong practitioners want to tell the truth, um, there was no place. There is no place for the voice of truth, and that's why the you know persecuted Falun Gong practitioners worked together through volunteer work and built this um, you know media outlet first in Chinese called the Daji Yuan, and now it's in English, uh, and now um, you know covers internationally, you know, and upholding two words called the truth and tradition. Um, I believe that in Seattle, you know, story that you have to tell, uh, many other newspapers, they're not really giving you, you know, enough attention. I read media that uh, directly, you know, uh, defame, you know, your character. And, uh, you know, they uh, twisted the facts. So I really hope that, you know, throughout all these years, uh, when I keep on hearing your story, and what, what I was thinking about is that, you know, this is truth. And this is about uh, Mr. Dickinson's try to uphold the truth and to try to protect the tradition. And now Seattle exactly needs the two words called a tradition and a truth. Now the English Epoch Times, I think it's also time to, you know, do some uh, reportings of the real people, you know, the real true story, and, you know, about what's happening in Seattle and what needs to be done here in Seattle. And the good people really need to have a, you know, a place for their voice of truth. So that's why I want you to kind of, you know, let your story, your personal story, okay, those facts regarding it is here's the cemetery and the city, basically bulldozer it and then cover it up. And, you know, right now still is, um, uh, you know, uh, having a lot of troubles and all the troubles, this and that, you can also tell. But what I really think needs to be, you know, be told, I'm very concerned is about when you stand up for the interests of the people of Seattle, when you see something that is going so wrong and you're so concerned about the future of Seattle, and when you try to do all the right things and how the system, you know, the government system, those people who are elected by the people uh, to be elected officials, and they are, how they handle the situation and uh, how You know. Also, I know that you are now, um, you know, uh, going through the process of wanting to be an elected official, and uh, I think to uh, let the Seattle people know who you are, uh, what you have gone through, and uh, why you want to, you know, run for. Well, let me let me say this. That's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me say this. Before I got involved, twenty-two other groups and nonprofits. Tried to save that graveyard, twenty-two before me, and I just promised my ancestors, my descendants, I promised neighbors and my friends that I wasn't going to stop, right? But twenty-two other groups, from the thirties all the way up into the uh, you know the nineteen hundred, whatever, uh, twenty-two other groups had tried to save that graveyard, twenty-two.
1: We really need to get the story out. Um, you know. Yeah, it
0: would be movie. a good story. It'd be a good, yeah. good. Uh, you know, I could, I could supply because they have a digital uh, uh, platform. Also, Epoch Times, mm-hmm. they have a digital, and it'd be nice to have uh, lots of visuals, lots of you know, movies and and photographs and JPEGs. You know, in the yes. digital ed- edition. And that it, you know, I know I know you as know.
1: Matter I, fact, it, as a matter of fact, the English Epoch Times, uh, and the Chinese uh, uh Epoch Times that and they actually work with the T V group called the N T D T V, New Town Dynasty Television. So these three yeah. media groups they are actually forming one company, I think it's called a, the the Times. the Epic uh, the Epoch Media Group, okay? Right, so, you right. Know, if you have I'm, a, a,
0: I'm, I know, I know good. Epoch Times. I know them very well. But see what you yeah. can do. See what you can do. I will wait here for you.
1: Um. So what I want to do is I'm taping this, you know, phone call conversation with you, and I want to, you know, uh, kind of give them a very um short brief of the key points. Of, you know this project, media project. Can you, um, you know, give a very short brief uh, on the phone, or you want to do a writing brief so that I will transmit your brief to the headquarter office in New York?
0: No, I mean, if, you, if, if uh, this this phone call is a bit long already, but it's certainly uh, I could I could tell you that. Uh, uh, you know I, I, how I started on this project was yes. I went back I went back to school to get my master's in business administration, and right at the time I was starting to do my MBA, my my relatives, including Shirley, who died this week, came to me and they say we, we found this graveyard. It's all overgrown. And we found this graveyard with our our ancestors' stones, and I'm going, huh? And so I changed from my MBA to an MPA, Masters in Public Administration, to administer nonprofits and hospitals and government, right? So, uh, you know, I started on this project and I worked on it for several years, and then and then had my that was my master's project. Uh, and I got my master's for it. it had a budget, it had plans, it had all kinds of things which I keep sealed. Nobody has access to this. you know they only have access to my words, so they it, there was always a hundred percent promise to the neighbors that are living in the graveyard that they would. They would be treated with respect and and not not bothered. They could keep their homes, etc. In my plan, right? And and uh, on and on and on. So you know, it just every time I would look deeper and deeper, I would find something else. I'm going. Oh, how did this happen? You know, why were they building a, a sewer main through? Um, through the graveyard, well, it's for the houses i 'm going oh, how the houses and back and forth back and forth, so that led to deeper and deeper investigation and uh going up to the archives that that has everything and handling the original books with white gloves on. you know, I found out everything I could find out about the cemetery, and uh I even have a, a list of all the Native Americans, because they kept a tribal role of all the Native Americans that are buried there, you know so it was it was pretty deep and, and quite quite broad. It's just that everywhere I turned, the city was against this project, and I'm going, why? A city, a city worker used to go to all the neighborhood planning meetings. And using city paper and city machines, uh Carla Cole would mimeograph i mean would would photocopy uh, the destruction that John Dickinson was doing and and harming the the birds and uh on and on and on. she would make these flyers eight and a half by eleven on colored paper, and she put them on all the trees in the meetings, there was Neighborhood Power Project, there was Rainier Beach Planning, there were all these meetings, activities going on that I was a member of. And she would she would come in and put them on all the chairs and then say, John Dickinson is a co-chair or he's a founder of this group. If, if there's any money involved, don't trust him at all. And like I say, put paper on every single chair Meeting after meeting after meeting. All she was a city worker and she did it at her city offices. And she's the one that testified that I cut down a cottonwood tree with a red internationally protected red-tailed hawk's nest in it. My arborist cut down the tree in January 9th with snow on the ground. And there wasn't a robin's nest or leaf in this tree, little three internationally protected red tailed hawk's nest, which they come in May. So, you know, I and she testified right in court and of course this angered the judge even more than cutting a tree, you know. So and I couldn't I couldn't enter my videos, which I have attesting to exactly what I'm saying. But anyway, on and on and on and on. I mean, I could talk for days. It's just a matter of editing. uh, And once somebody has this information down, then I would like to help edit it or add to it or subtract from it to get the truth of this tradition. One of the most important things is that, that 1918... A quote about how a society's morals are judged by how they treat their dead, and that's a very important quote to me uh i don't know if you saw it it was a, a little picture of a quote
1: i have yes i i have that I will yeah also,
0: and that's uh, i i think that's a that's a really 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 good quote you know yeah society's morals and ethics are measured by how they treat their dead. And the city of Seattle has been treating our dead from the very first people, including the natives, very, very, very deliberately and badly. Deliberate is the problem that I see and this has been going on for many, many years. Why? Just for, just for taxes I mean, there must no. be some other reason. I mean, why, I why, why? why? No, I think no. there
1: are some very deeper reasons behind the, the phenomena you are revealing. You know, um, yeah. this is not just a kind of only happening in Seattle, Washington. This is happening all over the place. Okay. Now, um, Seattle is a place that's supposed to be probably, you know, supposed to be probably doing uh, better than everywhere else because the name of the Seattle is... Uh, the Indian chief, right? So right. That's uh, just, we're that's talking about a beautiful land. We're talking about beautiful land that you know people come here and they say, oh, you know, this is about um, uh, the uh, Native Indians. Uh, they, you know, at the very beginning, and you know these beautiful stories. When people come to Seattle, they were given the tool and they try to, uh, you know, go back to the history of Seattle, you know, this city. And uh, so when you talk about Seattle, most people like myself, like, consider Seattle to be, you know supposed to be the, the leading city to protect the tradition and the truth. In my you would, heart, you would
0: think that. Today? You would think that they protect they protect it by burying, they, they don't want people to know that they burned all the native houses and their long houses. They don't, want, they don't want people to know this it, it's still well, you
1: know people make mistakes but if you made a mistake you also need to repent correct don't hide it you i know, i would it's, think it's, so yeah but so i never
0: be, i know. never mentioned i never mentioned money uh when i'm talking about the graveyard i never mentioned that, so yeah. you know that's that's kept on the side i've never asked the city for any money never once did I ask the city uh, for money. I,
1: I heard feedbacks from the community members that how wonderful you have been, you know, to volunteer your time and to go clean up the place and, you know, make that place uh, good. I mean, you really put your heart and efforts years after years to do volunteer work as a nonprofit organization leader and, you know, to do research, you know, to uh, voice your concern and to try to communicate with the leaders of the city. And uh, what, I ha- what I see from my perspective, you know, by reading uh, your writings and the reading the posts of other people and, you know, hearing the uh, podcast of other people talk about it. And also, you know, um, in every regard of my interaction with you throughout of all these years, I know that, you know, you've been basically persecuted. In my eyes, you know, I, I myself am a persecuted scholar. And in my eyes, you've been persecuted in America by the same kind of dark force that may be under a different name. Remember the other day I was telling you, I said, you know, uh, when you run elected officials in Seattle, definitely make a strong stand to say no to CCP and uh, to, uh, you know, let uh, the Seattle people know that, you know, you make a strong stand, you know, for right now the uh, biggest problem of Washington State it has quite a lot to do with CCP infiltration. And when you talk about money, When you talk about corruption of the city, you know, government, myself was, you know, was forced to leave Washington State for 18 years because the governor did what, you know, the CCP ordered him to do, right, to shut down my lab. So, you know, when you have a governor of Washington State actually follow the order of the CCP government with the hope that, you know, Washington State. Uh, continue can trade with communist China. So Gary Locke, basically that's what he's known for, right? Oh, the China connection, you know? Oh, Gary Locke has the China connection. He knows how to work with the Chinese people. Okay, you know, we do a lot of trade with China. Oh, you know, China has a lot of uh, cheap labor. Oh, we're going to, you know, um,
0: uh, do... Yes, yes, yes. He was Uh the ambassador. He was the ambassador to China. He first
1: was the governor. And then he followed the, the CCP's order to do uh, the great work for CCP to infiltrate into Washington State, and because he did such a great job, he was promoted first to the, you know, Secretary of Commerce. Okay, so he was first the Secretary of Commerce, and uh, you know, uh, then he was sent all the way to serve the Chinese Communist government by being the ambassador. When he was in Communist China. He secretly worked for the Chinese government, although he was wearing the title of a ambassador for america. this is how how terrible you know this has been happening to America throughout all these years. you know almost every governor have received the money from the chinese government have received you know uh invitation to go to China to have a wonderful trip uh, and were entertained you know by the you know all these uh, great food and uh, luxury, um, once those people went to China, had a trip and returned, they are for communist Chinese government. They opened the gate, they opened the opportunity for the Chinese communist government to infiltrate into America. This is what ha- has been happening, but the first state that started to do that is Washington state. Gary Locke yeah. was the first governor. Yes. Cool I
0: I I agree with you about Gary Locke and everything but I I have to I have to put the phone down. Okay? Okay. So let's let's talk some more then.
1: I will I will then transmit this all the way to the headquarter office of the English Epoch Times, okay? And okay. you know let's see whether they want to uh start to work on this this uh you know media project. I'm very interested. If they're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. At the okay. Session, Okay?
0: Sounds Sounds good.
1: good. All Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.